The Jimmy IV Sexy Cool Lounge is an inspirational podcast spreading positive energy and only good vibes into the universe through personal discovery, empowerment, and self-love awareness. Now, please join me in the Sexy Cool Lounge with our creator and host, Jimmy IV. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you might be listening to this episode. And may your vibe be cruising at an altitude that is so sexy cool. So as always, everyone, before we get started, man, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to just sprinkle a little bit of positivity and good vibes only along your journey through the universe, right? We definitely appreciate it, and we are so humbled for each and every one of you that has just taken this journey with us over so many different episodes, with this being episode number 108, okay? Man, how far have we come? So listen, uh, if you are so inclined, please go back and check out any one of our episodes between 1 and 107. Again, with this being 108, and you can check them out over at the website at www. Go ahead. You just said 109 before we came on. Oh, I did, didn't I? I did. All right. All right, let's um we're gonna start this over again. Okay. All right, 109. Let me write that down. Okay. <laughs> That's right, because I said I said there was one that was gonna be 108, right? Yeah. I, I am so ahead of myself. All right, cool. Okay. All right, we're gonna start this over again. Give me a second. All right. Jimmy IV Sexy Cool Lounge is an inspirational podcast spreading positive energy and only good vibes into the universe through personal discovery, empowerment, and self-love awareness. Now, please join me in the Sexy Cool Lounge with our creator and host, Jimmy IV. Morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you might be listening to this episode, right? And may your vibe be cruising at an altitude that is so sexy cool. So as always, y'all, at the beginning of every one of these episodes, thank you. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time and your energy for us to just give you some positive feedback and some good vibes only along your journey through the universe, right? And man, if you are so inclined, please go and check out any one of our episodes between one and 108, with this being episode number 109. Man, who would have thought? But definitely, listen, we are so humbled to have you on board, right? You can check out all of the episodes and the amazing guests that have been part of our journey over at the website at www.sexycoollounge.com. And you can check out the platform of the podcast on any one of your favorite platform uh, podcast platforms, right? We're iHeart, I uh, Spotify, um, Apple, you name it. We're all over. So just uh, give us definitely a follow over there. And we greatly appreciate it. And if you have an Alexa, <laughs> ask her to play Jimmy Ivy Sexy Cool Lounge podcast and she will make that happen for you as well. 
and we are on YouTube. Man, we are just branching out all over the place, y'all. So find us on YouTube, uh, hit that little bell, subscribe, give us a comment, and uh, we greatly appreciate it, all right? So uh, housekeeping is now out of the way, and uh, let's get to why we are here, all right? So I have a returning guest, and, and before I bring her in, let me let me say this. So she was a guest on episode number 87, right? And she did so well, and there was so much positive feedback on that. I got emails, I got some uh, direct messages, and they were asking, when was I going to have her back on? And for those of you that uh, didn't get a chance to, to catch her vibe on her original episode, again, episode number 87, and it's success in small places create the victories of life. Okay. And again, she did so well on that episode and I got a lot of feedback from it that I needed to bring her back before the end of the year. And I've uh, stayed true to that promise that I made to her and to multiple uh, requests that have come in. So without further ado, please let me bring in my good friend, Miss Paula M. Kramer. Paula, welcome back to the Sexy Cool Lounge. How are you? Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited. I've been preparing for this interview for months. <laughs> and I, months? I, okay. I, yes, for months. And I have only finished writing up my notes last night. So I'm going to be relying on my notes during okay. the interview. But I'm going to, I'm here to do what I talked about in my own life. Right. I talked about success in small spaces, create the victories of life. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. And you know, that was a really, really big uh, episode that we had, man. We, Like I said in the, in the intro, we had a lot of um, positive feedback on that. And not only did we have the feedback, it was a lot of interest from uh, many different backgrounds around the world that uh, wanted to know when you were coming back. So you and I have kind of worked it out for you to come back. So before we even get started, I want to thank you for uh, giving us some more of your time, your wisdom, your positive energy. And uh, yeah, just just thanks for being back in the Sexy Cool Lounge, okay? I consider this particular interview the most important interview of my life because I might cry. I went from silent, the silence voice of my childhood to an international voice by creating those successes in small spaces. And for this interview, I'm going to explain how people can create successes in small spaces in their own lives so they can create a variety of triumphs in their own lives. Some of them will take a while to happen as my successes in small spaces had to add up to become the big triumphs. But that's why I'm here today. My purpose in life is to overcome the horrors of my own life by spreading positivity around the world. All right. Well, listen, before we even get started with all of that, you know, first question out of the gate. I know. Okay. And even though you've answered it on the first episode, episode number 87, uh, every episode has the question asked, including the episode that had my mama on it. So y'all know, okay, nobody is immune to answering this question uh, all in good fun. But so... First question out of the gate is, Paula, what does sexy cool mean to you? Same thing. It means being yourself, being who you are, in spite of being surrounded by people insisting you couldn't possibly be who you are. 
There you go. Plain and simple, short and sweet and to the point. So I thank you for giving us your feedback and your footprint on that question as always. Uh, I have asked that question a million times and I can honestly say I have not gotten the the same answer twice. So thank you very much, Paula, for giving us uh, your footprint on that question. So let's get into why uh, you're here today, right? And first thing I want to do is, so give us an update for those that that haven't listened to the first episode. Uh, give us an update as to what's going on with you and a little bit of the backstory on how you got to be where you are today. Well, the backstory is that I have triumphed over three life tragedies. My mother tried to kill me twice. Medical professionals misdiagnosed a childhood spinal injury for 33 years, and I have lived with other place bones for 60 years. And my husband died when our daughter was eight months old. So I had three long-term life tragedies by age 28. And I overcame all of them by creating successes in small spaces and by being, being positive. Some of the small space successes I accomplished were writing, a little bit of writing every day. I'm now an international best-selling author three times in the Voices of the 21st Century series. I will probably be another best-selling author in February when the next book comes out in that series. I have websites. I'm teaching soft skill strategies. I have a website for those courses just about to launch. People are taking the courses now to test them out to make sure everything's working properly. And I teach those courses because my need to be to stay positive starting in my childhood helped me track attract unimagined successes to my life just by using soft skills. Soft skill, I call them soft skills power strategies. At age 11, I attracted my first soft skill unimagined success with my with this principal in my high in my grade school. I said something positive to her. She wanted to hear more, apparently, and so she would invite me to come to her office for conversations. Imagine when you're a kid, you're called to the principal's office. It's usually not good. For me, it was wonderful fun because we had wonderful conversations. I remember sitting across the desk from the principal laughing and having a wonderful time. I have no memory of what we talked about. I just remember having a good time, and because of that, I have never had any imposter syndrome issues. I've never felt like an imposter every, anywhere. I have always felt equal to anyone in any room. And that's what using soft skill power strategies can do for you. They can attract successes in your life that help you create triumphs. And it was a small, started as a small success. I said something my principal wanted to hear more. So one of the things that I want to talk about today. And first, congratulations on all of the accomplishments and not only the ones that you spoke about prior to your episode 87, but also the new ones. Congratulations on everything and all of the things that you got moving forward. And so it's just, man, just congratulations on all of that, man. I mean, it couldn't have happened to a better person and you've worked very hard to get to where you are right now. So you know, thank you for sharing and congratulations once again on all of that. All right. So I want to kind of talk a little bit today about 
taking positive control for sparking positive vibes. Right. right? right. And I felt like you were the best person to bring in to talk about that, not only from your personal experiences, but again, just through some of the things that you've just updated us on that you've got going on that are starting to be successful for other people and moving forward in their shining light as well. So talk to me again about that movement and all of the things that you have going on with it. Okay. Well, I have, I, I wanted through this interview, I wanted to drop seeds of positivity <laughs> around the world. Seeds of, so people can, 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 take positive control in their own lives and change their own worlds. So the, the, all those small successes to work together to bring more positivity to the whole world. And I have several examples. The first one is an individual example. And I, you can take positive control by satisfying basic human needs. David Reedman is the only person in the United States tracking every school shooting in the United States. He and I watched the same 2022 CNN interview of Aaron Stark, who as a teenager was planning to be a mass shooter. A friend of his intervened and, and Aaron changed his mind. As I watched that interview, I knew exactly why the friend's actions stopped Aaron from becoming a mass shooter. The friend recognized that Aaron was in distress and said, let's go to my house. You can have a shower. Have, I'll give you a clean shirt. We'll get a pizza and we'll have a movie. That was it. Aaron Stark called it the most powerful experience of his life. A shower, a clean shirt, a pizza, and a movie. Powerful. I knew why that worked because I had accidentally created a similar kind of transformation in a much more ordinary circumstance in 2000. Back in 2000, I, was, I had just learned about DISC behavior styles, D-I-S-C. D stands for dominance, I stands for influence, S stands for steadiness, C stands for conscientiousness. I'd been talking about it to the people I know. An acquaintance came to me and said, I need advice. She found out that she was going to be working with a woman in her company who she had never worked be with before and who she did not get along with. It was so bad she didn't know how she was going to tolerate being in the same room with this coworker. I asked a few questions and discovered that the coworker was a C behavior style, a conscientiousness. My acquaintance was an influence behavior style, an I. I'm an I. I believe you're an I, Jimmy. And they were opposites. I's and C's are opposite behavior styles. I explained the C behavior style to my acquaintance and I said, C's need some control of their surroundings. So give her whatever control you can in that room. Then tell her what you like about what she's doing with that control and ask her about her thoughts. That was all the advice I gave her, my acquaintance. Weeks later, I asked my acquaintance how things were going, and she said the relationship had been transformed. They were actually friendly with each other now. I was astonished. I thought the relationship would improve. I didn't think it would transform. <clears throat> it took me about 10 years to figure out what I had done right. 
And 10 years later, I was doing research on organizations that were successful at transforming behavior. I noticed that every single one of them transformed behavior by satisfying physical, mental, and emotional needs all at the same time. I thought back to the advice that I had given my acquaintance and realized I had given her advice to satisfy physical, mental, and emotional needs. Having control in the surroundings was physical control. Satisfying her physical need. Hearing what my acquaintance liked about it satisfied her emotionally. And then having my acquaintance ask about her thoughts satisfied her mentally. Three simple pieces of information transformed a relationship. And that's why Aaron Stark's friend transformed Aaron's relation, Aaron's intentions from shooting to not shooting. Aaron Stark was 16 at the time, I think. He is now a keynote speaker talking about what stopped him from becoming a mass shooter. He has done talks to, he's done a TED talk. He's talked to the FBI Behavioral Analysis Unit Mental Health Practitioners Conference. He's talked to the Anti-Terrorism Advisory Council for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. He's talked to the National Association for Behavioral Intervention and Threat Assessment. David Reedman, the man who is tracking all these mass shootings, said this about Aaron Stark in a Freakonomics radio interview. He said, and I think that's what we're missing in fortification of the schools and adding school police officers in creating all of these levels of fortresses around schools and public spaces. The person that ultimately wants to commit a mass shooting is somebody who's very, very deeply hurt. Aaron had had a horrific childhood. And rather than trying to keep that person further out and demonize that person even further, if we can just show them a tiny bit of kindness, you know a lot of these shootings would never happen. Probably none of these shootings would happen. A teenager stopped another teenager from committing a mass shooting. If a teenager can stop mass shootings, every single one of us adults could stop a mass shooting by paying attention and being kind. Well, let's hope that we can continue with that type of positive energy moving forward and the awareness that you're showing us right now and, and just giving us a glimpse of that information that, you know, if we suspect something or if something just feels not right, that we need to just take action and we need to be proactive on a situation rather than being reactive after you know, we're dealing with something uh, tragic and unfortunate, right? So thank you very much for sharing that information uh, with us as part of, you know, your studies and what you're moving forward with, um, with your workshop and all of that. I'm trying so, to teach just behavior styles, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that we all can uh, do better with that. We need the knowledge and you're bringing that to the table and to the forefront for us. So definitely, you know, let's take a listen, family, and let's make sure that we're trying to stay aware of some of these cues that may come about because you just never know when we might need to use them. So they're valuable pieces of information. Thank you very much for showing that uh, individual um, excerpt. So you had uh, 
an example for community. Right, right, right. yes. Yeah, let's talk about that one for a minute. You can take positive control by creating equality for everyone in a particular group or situation. This example comes from India. Kerala is a state in India. Malapuram, Malapuram is a district in Kerala. A district is probably like a county in a state in the United States. Local people in the districts of Malapuram decided that they wanted every family to have computer literacy. So they got together and they decided that they would set up learning centers. They set up 600 learning centers. Whoever wanted to be a center operator would borrow money to buy five PC computers, one printer, one scanner, and one webcam. Every one member from every single family in the district could go to a learning center and take the course, a self-spaced course on computer literacy for 40 rupees, which is about 40 cents in the United States. This was back in 2004, so this is all finished. All those families have computer literacy now. After each person finished a course, the village board would pay the center operator 120 rupees, which is about $2.40 in American money. If a thousand people went through the center and paid the operator, he made just about enough money to pay off the loan for all of that equipment. Most of the men in Malapuram were in the United Arab Emirates earning money. So most of the students of these computer literacy courses were housewives and grandmothers who wanted to communicate with their husbands and sons. We can be certain that every one of those mothers and grandmothers taught computer literacy to every one of the children in their family. So all those children grew up learning computer literacy and they got a big head start in life with this with this knowledge. We have no idea what other benefits came out of this plan because nobody seems to have tracked the benefits, but there had to be benefits from all these children growing up knowing computer literacy in a world where they are behind, where their country is in some ways behind. They, many of these people were living in rural areas. Now they knew computer literacy and they could communicate around the world from this. So this equality of opportunity put that whole district ahead of the rest of the country. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that that's just amazing that they all came together and made this decision and look at just what an executive decision that impacts the whole community has now done because now you've taken one person and one person teaches another person and another person somewhere down the line teaches another person. So one person has impacted maybe four to five people individually and you take that in a whole community and man, just it, that's exponential on where all of that goes generationally as well as from a community standpoint, right? Am I hearing that correctly? Ah, yes, you're right. All those small space successes just branched out. Wow. So, so powerful and, and just amazing and inspiring. Uh, so we've gone from the individual example right. to now the community right. example, right? right? So, and I think that you have a uh, organizational 
right. example yeah. as to how this applies, not only from individual, but from a community. But now we get into like an organizational business example as to how these um, models still apply, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Local professionals can take positive control by creating products for local residents. Another example from India. GE Healthcare is a big worldwide corporation that builds, among other things, it builds electrocardiogram machines, ECG machines that measure the electric impulses in hearts and saves lives. Engineers in Bangalore, India, were creating, building ECG machines to sell in India. This was in 2001. The engineers who were building these machines would go to their doctor's offices and realize their doctors had no ECG machines. Only big hospitals in big cities in India could afford these ECG machines. These engineers are surrounded by their co-country people living in rural areas who did not have access to these life-saving machines. So they decided they wanted to build ECG machines for the residents of India, particularly rural residents. By 2005, these engineers felt confident enough to approach GE International about doing this. And GE salespeople wanted products they could sell to more people in India. And they wanted them, they wanted a variety of products at affordable prices that they could sell all over India. I have this, this man, engineer Aswan Varghese was one of these Indian engineers. He had experience in other, working in other companies in hardware, software, and systems design. So he was the perfect person to go and approach GE International. GE International listened and they paid attention. Varghese said that the ECG machines for India, for rural India in particular, had to fit income and infrastructure realities. The income realities were that the tests had to be low cost for the real residents of rural India, and they had to be low cost for healthcare providers to buy. The infrastructure realities were that the ECGs had to be portable, no big, huge machines. Right. They had to be battery operated. They had to be easy to operate, and they had to be easy to repair. The big guys at GE agreed, and the team in India worked from the ground up. They created entirely new ECG machines. They did use GE technical resources when they needed them, and they worked with other GE personnel, particularly in engineering, supply, sales, and distribution. Their focus was not, their mindset was not value for money. Their focus was, their mindset was value for many. And they produced versions of a portable machine that works in rural India and saves lives. They were so good with these machines. They also built these machines to meet international regulatory standards. These machines are so good and they meet all the standards so they are now sold worldwide. In the United States, rural clinics buy them, visiting nurses buy them, and primary care doctors buy them. So this effort to save the lives of rural villagers in India is now saving lives around the world. Wow. 
look at how that just kind of just transforms all across the board. One person went to a big company and pitched an idea and the company got on board with it. And now you've gone from one person got in touch with a big company and that big company has now taken resources that will impact a whole community and pretty much other rural areas around the world. Cause they'll probably take that model and they'll right. actually move it around to other places that are similar in India. Correct. Right. Yes. Even All one person's initiative, right? One person's initiative. Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about the national right. example that you right. have. I mean, it, it's amazing how the, the models that you have are so intertwined and, yes. and, and movable from an individual to a community, to an organization. And now the same models can right. now be applied on a national level, right? Right. Right. So let's talk about that. Well, this is taking positive control through stories that people can live themselves. In the mid-1960s, journalist Charles Kiralt worked for CBS Network in the news division, and he got tired of telling war stories. I can't imagine why. And he suggested that he travel around the country three months a year and collect stories from ordinary people. CBS agreed, and those stories became on the road, heartwarming, stories from ordinary people that ran from 1960 to 1980. In 2011, CBS revived On the Road Stories with Steve Hartman. They are the last story for the CBS Evening News on Friday evenings. In 2022, and I've been watching them for years myself, in 2022, CBS and Steve Hartman found out that a teacher at Alhambra, traditional school in Phoenix, Arizona, had been showing one story from on the road to his fifth grade students every single school day. And he would tell what lesson each story taught. So Steve Hartman went to Alhambra school and surprised the class who treated him like a rock star because <laughs> they were had been seeing him every day. And the, the Hartman interviewed one little boy who proved that when you show stories to people, it encourages those people to live those stories. One boy, one fifth grade boy said this to Steve Hartman, it made me more nicer to my little brother. After learning about Derek Brown, CBS and Hartman discovered that teachers all over the country are showing on the road stories to their students. So CBS News and Hartman launched Kindness 101 on Facebook, a group for teachers so they can share lesson plans and ideas. So children around the country are learning to recognize, they're learning to live this kindness they hear. They are learning to recognize when people like almost mass shooter Aaron Stark need kindness. They are learning how to give kindness, and they are learning the benefits of kindness for themselves. Man, it 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 it's just it aston it is it's astonishing to know that 
such um, ripple effects, mm -hmm. right? From from one pebble, if you will, has such a ripple effect across so many different platforms, right? And I, I can only assume, right, that now that we've gone from the individual to the community to the organizational to the national, that the same models that you used in all of these all, all of these other examples, how do we now apply those, let's just say globally? Right. We like how, how does that happen now? It happens. It's happening all the time. We do it every single day of our lives. You can take positive control by choosing and creating magic for yourself. And the magic is the music we listen to and create. Everything I'm going to tell you now comes from the book, Music, A Subversive History by Ted Geary. 469 pages, but a fascinating 469 pages. Humans learned music from nature, from animals, birds, insects, oceans, rain, rivers, trees, and wind. Our brains crave both repetitive patterns and unexpected disruption. Music is both functional and transformational. In ancient times, music was used to encourage fertility, both crop fertility, animal fertility, human fertility, and cohesion, tribes working together, scaring away predator animals, soothing human, is soothing animal herds, and handing down best practices for communal priorities and demands. I have functions for music in my own life. In my kitchen, I listen to easy listening music. In the area of the house where I do my exercises and write, I listen to symphonies. In my car, I listen to a variety of rock stations. On my iPhone, I listen to audiobooks. And after each audiobook, I listen to songs that start with the same letter as the alphabet letter that started the audiobook. The very next song I'm listening to is The One on the Right is a Nut by Johnny Cash. <laughs> and there we have transformational music, Pathway to the Divine, creating myths, creating meaning for self, and performing magic. And mag music has performed magic in my life. My mother tried to kill me twice. The scariest story of my childhood was the Abraham and Isaac story from the Bible. In that story, God tells Abraham to kill his son Isaac. I thought God would tell my mother to kill me, and I thought that anybody who saw me do something they didn't like could tell my mother to kill me, and she would. And then, because I was a child and anything was possible, I thought anybody could kill me. So I grew up fearing anybody in the world could murder me. When you grow up with that kind of terror, it doesn't end just because childhood ends. So I had these terror anxieties into adulthood. My favorite movie has always been To Kill a Mockingbird because it has a positive message. In 2013, uh, and I always loved the music, in 2013 I added the opening and ending music of To Kill a Mockingbird to my iPhone. And I started listening to it every day. Sometimes I listened to it for an hour a day. At first I didn't understand, but then I realized that my favorite movie in the, my favorite character in the movie is Scout, the young girl who almost gets murdered at the end. 
And I realized I identified with Scott because someone had tried to kill her, but she survived. My mother tried to kill me, but I survived. So I kept listening to that music because I identified with Scout. And over the years, it's now 2013, 2023, that anxiety of being murdered has faded away. I, am, I used to be anxious even in my own house, even when I was alone. I am no longer anxious in my own house about someone trying to kill me. That music performed magic for me. Choosing and creating magic of music for ourselves gives us the ability to create change in our own lives. And the first example of this comes from the New Kingdom in Egypt around 1150 BCE, before the current era, in this town of Dar el-Medina. Dar el-Medina is a town near the Valley of the Kings, where all those pyramids are. And artisans came to Dar el-Medina to help build the pyramids. The artisans were an educated class of people. They were not the ruling class. They were not the poor class. They had education. They could read and write. They were well-paid. They lived with their families. They had leisure time. They owned cattle and other valuables. And they wrote song and made music. We know this because they are papyrus fragments with the written words of the songs. During the reign of Ramesses III, a pharaoh, the grain distribution was reduced to these artisans. And the artisans did not like this, so they staged the first known sit-in in history, and they won. And there's that link between listening to and creating your own music and taking action for yourself. The music of personal expression increases the desire for human rights and the action for human rights. There are circumstances that lead to musical innovation, close mingling of people who were who are from previously segregated groups, some groups that never had contact before, which means they bring conflicting practices and attitudes together, creating open-mindedness. And the old-fashioned ways are challenged and new ways are created. Dar al-Medina in Egypt had artisans from 30 different foreign places. So that brought together these different groups that had never been together before. In modern times, the places that produce this kind of innovative music are New York, New Orleans, Kingston, Jamaica, Liverpool in England, Venice, and Havana in Cuba. Women choosing and creating music for themselves have changed the world for women. The first songs were written by women. They were about sex and fertility, erotic longings, personal emotions, grief and mourning, and ritual mysticism. Women were the original drummers, creating trance-like states that influence inspired both participants and listeners. The oldest known songwriter is Enhiduana, a princess and a priestess from 2286 to 2251 BCE, which means she lived before Dyer El Medina existed. And she wrote dirty songs. Powerful men didn't like women writing dirty songs, so they started taking over. And they erased women and marginalized women. 
and they reinterpreted the songs to make manly military music, songs glorifying leaders, songs praising the de deeds of dead leaders, and story songs about praiseworthy men. Songs of grief and mourning showed female weakness and overpowering emotion, and someone actually called it effeminate twittering. <laughs> men in power took credit for music in innovation, which always came from people without power. Music innovation comes from people without power. But because women kept choosing and creating their own music over these thousands of years, we now have Taylor Swift. <laughs> because, do, do, because, do, we, do we ever, okay? <laughs> because people... Uh, in power, shout, out, shout out the T-Swift nation, but I, you didn't hear that from me though, but okay. <laughs> okay, the outsiders listed in this book who created the innovations of innovations of music include bohemians, cattle wranglers, displaced, dispossessed, emigres, hillbillies, moonshiners, outcasts, peasants, plebeians, political exiles, rebels, refugees, renegades, slaves and their descendants, and members of the underclass. Outsider music can be full of what historian Henry Louis Gates calls signifying. Signifying means coded communication, revealing complaints about slavery, suffering, and a desire for liberation. Plantation owners in the slave-owning southern states of the United States frequently had their slaves perform music for elite gatherings. <laughs> they did not realize they were listening to complaints about suffering and desire for liberation. And sometime in the 1700s, black slaves started calling out steps for white people to take. So here were slaves telling their white plantation owners what to do. These black slaves and their descendants and other outsiders kept choosing and creating their own magic, their own music. And we got to the point where I sent an email to Jimmy IV asking him, while telling him that I wanted to use this show as a resource for my courses and saying, I would like to be on your show too. <laughs> so we've gotten that far. And I have actually gotten an international voice in a number of ways because of Black people. So Black people rose up listening to their own magic, creating opportunities for white people like me. All people in general, but I do get what you're saying. But yeah, yeah, it's it's an inspiring and uh, inspiring. Uh, it's a it's a it's a reflective story as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the 1900s, the most isolated and impoverished U.S. state within within the United States, with the least number of cars, least number of telephones, least number of radios, the lowest level of electrical power plus low rates of literacy and no recording devices was Mississippi. Mississippi produced Elvis Presley, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Sam Cooke, Charlie Patton, Sun House, B.B. King, Albert King, John Lee Hooker, Skip James, Elmer James, Bucker White, and Bo Diddley. And the Mississippi blues influenced Chicago blues, rhythm and blues, and rock and roll, everything goes back to all of these people who didn't have what the elites had. Now, if we 
pay attention to what music, each kind of music represents, then we can understand our choices for music and understand other people's choices for music. Blues held everything embarrassing to the dominant music establishment. Explicit sexual reference, celebrations of violence, allusions to altered states of mind, magic, and superstition. Blues can be about traditions and legacies, but they also include rambling new roads and leaving your past behind. Jazz is an urban melting pot music focused outward, looking for new sources of inspiration. When I'm on the phone waiting to get an Apple agent, I choose jazz to listen to. Right, right. Pop music attracts audiences with erotic music and dance moves. So when I feel like dancing, I put on pop. Rock and roll is descended from nomadic hunting societies. Hunting societies made loud, boisterous music to scare off predators from the fresh kills. Rock musicians are nomads on worldwide tours. The early rockers who died young symbolized sacrificial scapegoats. I listen to a variety of rock songs in my car when I'm a nomad driving around doing errands. Okay. <laughs> country, country music is descended from herding societies. They sing soft music to soothe their animals. Country music celebrates the past and continues tradition. Same attire, same accent, same attitude. But outsiders have moved into country music. Outsiders who are eccentric, wild, and unconventional rebel outlaws, renegades like Jerry Lee Lewis, Glenn Gould, Ornette Coleman, and Johnny Cash. Folk music originally was democratic and anti-authoritarian, but various educational, conservative, progressive, and classical music groups manipulated folk for their own purposes. Symphonies are dramatic stories. I listen to symphonies when I'm doing my exercises to overcome my back pain and when I'm writing. So there's drama in my overcoming my back pain and in my writing to spread positivity around the world. Musicians who created magic for themselves taught tolerance and diversity. Elton John and his costumes, the village people and their costumes, Freddie Mercury and his strutting, Kiss and their costumes. Because women kept choosing things for themselves, we not only have Taylor Swift, we also have another example. And we can still learn from nature. We can learn about music from nature. Birds warn other birds to stay out of particular territory, but birds have joined, formed song alliances to protect territory together. Humans can use song alliances to protect human rights together. Besides Taylor Swift, we now have Dolly Parton, who just dropped a rock album. After decades of singing country, Dolly Parton has written and sung rock songs. So we can come together through our music to protect human rights for all of us. It sounds good to me, and I'm totally on board with it. Um, I, in, in the way that the model is working, not only from the individual standpoint, but all the way going up to the global standpoint, you know, from everyone's perspective, uh, it seems like it's one that can apply in so many different directions. And I thank you for sharing that with us and bringing that to highlight so that we can be more aware of it and also try to apply it 
in our everyday lives because it is making a difference all across the nation and globally and also in communities, right? Right, right. So before we get out of here, uh, tell everybody where we can stay in touch with you. And for those that may want to have a conversation with you, if possible, how do we get in touch with you? And then, then just how do we continue to just follow all of the positive things that you're doing and just continue to just stay involved with your positive energy? My email address is Paula at speakingfromtriumph.com. Speakingfromtriumph.com is my main website. My Soft Skills Strategy Courses website is softskillsstrategycourses.com. And there I have a list, a page that explains all of my unimagined successes, if you want to understand how you can attract unimagined success into your own life. Plus, there are three free video lessons, including a video lesson that Jimmy was in because I, I made a video about three groups of people in our lives. And Jimmy is one of the, those people who has right away got what I was doing and has opened the world for me. And, and we'll have all of those in the show notes, okay? Right. Uh, the links to all of her social media and her websites will definitely be in the show notes. So in case you did not write that down, don't worry about it, family. Uh, if you just go to the show notes in the episode, all of her links will be there and we'll be able to find you and to stay in touch with you, man. Uh, but it's been a pleasure having you back in the sexy cool lounge and again uh for those that that did not get a chance to listen to your uh original episode right Right. Uh, we need you guys to go on over to episode number 87 all right and it is success in small spaces create the victories of life episode number 87 with paula m kramer all right she knocked it out of the park y'all and she knocked this one out of the park so paula it has been a pleasure having you in the sexy cool lounge again. I don't think that this will be the last time, but man, we did get this one in. So yeah, thank yeah. you for everything. Thank you for your thank energy. You, thank you, it's been wonderful. I feel like I've dropped seeds of positivity around the world. <laughs> well, you definitely are doing that, but thank you so much for coming in and uh, again, sharing some knowledge and just some positive energy and good vibes only that we can spread around the universe as well. All right. And uh, family, remember, love yourself, love yourself enough to radiate your vibe, man. And as I always say at the end, never forget, even though we do not have as much as others, man, we still have more than others. So let's continue to put good vibes into this universe so we can always get good vibes back. I'm Jimmy Ivey. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of my journey. And I will see you on the next episode.